Hello, and welcome to Too Young for This Hit. I'm Tyler, and this is the podcast where me and Evan watch a TV show or something that one of us has never seen before, and the other one likes and or loves it, or sometimes we have a guest and they show us something they like or love. Uh, Today we're doing something a little different because Evan's moving, and I've been editing a a different podcast, um, Podcasters Assemble. Um, where we like talk about Star Wars and yeah, there'll be a link to this description so you can learn all about that. That was a bad description of it, but it's kind of cool. Anyways, I want to get into what we're doing today. So, um, oh gosh, tired. Um, yes, I didn't have time to record an episode, but, um, you might remember in the first episode, I talked about a podcast Evan and I recorded with Matt from the Party World podcast about, uh, the show Iron Chef. So yeah, today I'm just going to play that episode for you because it was really funny and we recorded it specifically for Daniel K's birthday. So you'll hear us mention that in there, but yeah, um, I had never seen Iron Chef. Matt loved it. Evan still has never seen Iron Chef and it was a really funny episode. So just going to hear that today. Um, and hopefully we'll be back in two weeks with an actual episode. So yeah, follow us on Twitter, whatever. Um, everything's done in the episode description. Here's the episode. Wait, we were supposed to watch Iron Chef? Got this him. is the 252nd episode of this podcast, Evan. <laughs> How could you not have this straight by then? I've <laughs> been doing it for five years. Five years ago, a man's fantasy became reality in a form never seen before. Out of cheesy! Hey everybody! Welcome back to uh, um, Tales from Flavor Town. Um, it's our two hundred fifty second episode, and where we always watch the show and we always talk about it. Isn't that and, right, guys? Yeah, and every single yeah. one of us always knows everything about the show. Um, so, I've definitely seen two hundred fifty one of those episodes before today. Right. Right. Oh, I, I, I me too, definitely. Maybe. (laughs) But this is a very special episode. Yes, it is. Like, even though this episode was recorded in 1998, (laughs) they recorded it specifically for Daniel K to give, like, the, uh, tell us who won. (laughs) Yes, he was all three judges. The idea of judgment scares me. Oh. And uh, everything they made was in uh, service to his birthday. So uh, it was it was really special to see. It was really nice how hard they worked. Yeah, I, I think they did a really good job with the uh, with the cake in the episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the judges um, putting on Australian face, I don't think was a great choice. Uh, well, it, it was a different like, time. Yeah, well, I mean, cultural appropriation aside. <laughs> it was 98. We were Friends living was... in a pre-9-11 world. Yeah, Friends was, Friends was still the hottest goss in TV. So, I mean, I guess I get it. And, and yeah, it just, 
I don't know. Australian face just isn't for me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Nor is it for all of us. <laughs> Rest in peace, Kimi Wabi. <laughs> I, I thought it was weird that they chose to shoot him on the in the very beginning of it. But, you know, um, some choices just have to be made. Uh, yep. Can we talk about Iron Chef now? <laughs> Guys, I don't know how this episode goes, please. <laughs> We have a very tight format. We've done this 251 times before. So, so Evan, do you know anything about Iron Chef? Have you watched it before? Uh, a, a long time ago, there's a Japanese guy who yells at people and they cook with a bunch of lights on them, right? That's exactly it. Wow. That's okay. a good way to describe it. <laughs> that's, that's what I remember. And then I definitely remember the Futurama episode in which uh, Bender became... Well, Iron Chef as well, and he put LSD in everybody's food, and they loved it. But, but then it was really just water. Yeah, but it was actually water because he really had it, and just ninety nine percent LSD. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, so Matt, do you want to? For those that have never seen Iron Chef before, would you like to describe what it is? Sure, uh, Iron Chef is a cooking show that was part of my childhood back in the day. I remember being a kid at my friend Michael's house, just sort of like sitting and playing Diablo one, looking up at a TV and having this deranged smiling man, take a giant bite out of a bell pepper. And <laughs> yeah, uh, the rest was history, but yeah, it's a, it's a cooking show. It's a competition show where, uh, a person, a chef, a well-established chef goes up against one of the iron chefs, um, that are basically just Japanese men who are very renowned in their culinary skills. And uh, the, uh, what's his name? The chancellor. Yeah, he takes, he chooses a special ingredient and then they all sort of create a number of meals or a number of plates based on that ingredient and then give it to a panel of judges who then score it. So yeah, that's it in a nutshell. So basically every cooking show that exists now is just a, an amalgamation of that show. Yeah, but I want to bring distinction to Iron Chef because I was actually thinking about that whenever I was watching the episode again today. Uh, I don't know. There's just sort of a sense of epicness to this because it has like the swelling strings and horns. It has the, uh, you know, the men and women standing proudly as they are, you know, very proud of what they do. Uh, this one in particular, the one of the challengers, it was like three generations of culinary people uh it, i mean i went into his whole backstory how his grandpappy went around with doing nothing but just going around the world tasting food so he could go back and you know cook for people around him and stuff and it's i don't know it's like i watch cooking shows these days or competition shows and it's more just like you know some guy saying yeah well i i like cooking for my kids and i hold a barbecue <laughs> for my church Every month, so I'm pretty well good on the ins and outs of the kitchen. And yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess Australia face hasn't gone away completely yet. I'm sorry about that. It, oh, it, I just can't believe you, Matt. <laughs> so sorry. We can cut this out. I, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, feel free to cut this part out. Um, am I still supposed to pretend like I, I watched the episode? <laughs> Not really. I, like to add that, uh, add I mean, that yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like when you watch cooking shows now, you can basically tell who's going to win based on who has the saddest backstory. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About half of it's, it is, uh, well, 
I made this barbecue restaurant when I was 15 years old, and then it went under, and then like everything goes black and white, and it's just like a shot of him just like looking away for a second, mm-hmm. and his wife patting him on the back, and the guy goes, "But now I got my new Jeep Wrangler, and now I can I can sell my barbecue wherever I want, like here in sunny Philadelphia." But not in Iron Chef Japan. That's not what happens. They don't have Jeep Wranglers or rednecks, or nope. they do have Australian face, but. <laughs> Especially this episode, it was everywhere. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's just like and, and like they went for the quote unquote stereotypical Australian, just some blonde guy saying "croiky" a lot. I'm sorry that word came out. I apologize, "croika." Uh, and um, I, I'm sorry that was terrible. No, that was bad. Holy Cut shit. that. <laughs> uh, so uh, the episode starts. Uh, I don't know if they all start with this, but this one starts with like a quote from a guy I assume is a chef. Um, but it says, tell me what you eat and I'll tell you what you are. And it's by, uh, that quote is by Brillant Severin, who I looked up and is in fact a cheese. That is the name of a cheese. Like I couldn't find a person, but... <laughs> Okay, so I distinctly remember this from my childhood. Every episode when they it, like when they started with a quote, I do remember seeing something about just straight Cheddar Jack was like the name, <laughs> and it stuck out to me so hard. I was like, "There's no way there's a dude named Cheddar Jack, right? Like that's not a thing, right?" I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> it's starting to all add up, man. <laughs> yeah. So this the quote in this episode is by a soft white crusted cow's milk cheese. Triple cream brie with at least 72% fat and dry matter, roughly 40% overall. So Ooh, That sounds right. I, in my head, I'm just seeing Mayor McCheese uh, <laughs> with, a, with a skull in his hand as he waxes poetic. But yeah, I think uh, if my memory serves me correct, there is a quote at the beginning of every single one. So uh, I could be wrong, though. Don't hold me to it. I mean, it's only been 251 episodes. So. Yeah, so so far in every single episode that we have all watched fully to completion, yes. uh, it has been some form of cheese, and we just aren't realizing it until now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Mayor McCheese episode, we really should have gotten that. Yeah. But oh, I thought um, when they said it wasn't even Brie Anna, it was just Brie. I, I thought that would have really stuck out to us, that one episode. You know, what is what was it, 179? Yeah. I mean, we we miss a lot. That's why we're still here, though. Just yeah. So we can learn, and you can learn with us. So. Yeah, and I mean, we've been doing this for five years, and we got like one year left, and we'll probably just you know go back through all of them again. You know, just do another mm-hmm. lap. Like I don't have any other ideas for a podcast. Nope. This is our only one. This is it. Yeah, I mean, there's. Yep. I mean, what could possibly be content besides this? Really. When you think about it, I did want to take a moment and talk about the chancellor himself because he has always perplexed me in his, I don't know what the good word for it. It's like perverse lust for food. That's just that look he gives. Um, it reminded me of the sweet two salary man that, uh, Jeff from no cat brought up a couple of months ago on how it's just this Japanese man. Who's sort of like perversely in, into tasting foods and I just get that same vibe. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, go look it up. It's on Netflix. It's it's fantastic. But it's just about this guy who just really likes to try out desserts and foods on the sly and gets perverse pleasure out of it. But yeah, the Chancellor, I don't know. He just, 
he's always when you said to go watch it on netflix were you talking to me and evan or <laughs> I, no to, to the listeners you and i have obviously listened to it because we we were okay. we did make that joke about a second season exclusively <laughs> about that show but we all know that iron chef is where it's at right okay i just want to make sure we're on the same page hey you guys aren't gonna just make up stuff and see how far i go along with it are you <laughs> we weren't <laughs> Because, like, the Chancellor sounds like a completely fake thing to me. No, 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 no. And I'm being completely serious. I, there I is a crazy you man. Are. It's just, like, the idea of there being a Chancellor of Food is just blowing my mind right now. Okay, like, and no I'm shit. I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> <laughs> I took this note down. At a minute and 50 seconds, he <laughs> takes a giant spoon filled with either, like, caviar or cinnamon. You can't really tell because it's 1998. And yeah. everything sort of has a grease filter on it but <laughs> yeah. he just looks at it smiles like weirdly and then just eats that whole motherfucking spoon and oh. it's amazing yeah that's I that's how you know that how <laughs> Do what does he eat a bite out of a bell pepper every episode yeah, he does that mm-hmm. i thought it was an odd choice for him to bite the head of that seal off while it was still alive as well well it was a secret ingredient oh okay you got to get a taste for it. Depends on who's doing the tasting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, when he started drawing like the blood on his forehead in the shape of a pentagram and chanting backwards in Japanese, that was wild. I didn't even know that I could understand Japanese backwards. <laughs> you never can until it does, until it happens. Yeah. So the thing I thought was interesting is, so this is all dubbed mm-hmm. except for the Chancellor of Food. Like, they just leave him Japanese. Yes. I absolutely love that. I think it's pretty great. But I, I don't know. I'm just in love with every single aspect of this show. So I I can just hand wave that. I think that also happens in uh, Iron Chef America. Because the Chancellor, uh, it's a different guy. You know what? I could be misremembering. It, Never mind. Was the Chancellor in Iron Chef America <laughs> an Asian guy as well, though? Or Japanese as well? Mm-hmm. it's not the same dude but uh it's it's i think it's his father you know what i saw that online somewhere okay. maybe I, I mean i knew that from oh, all the course. episodes <laughs> yes. oh yeah watched. from all the episodes that we've watched previously for the last five years uh <laughs> yeah. is that joke no we're gonna keep it up this entire no, time no it's, it's canon it's okay. canon we're just gonna keep rolling with it <laughs> You know what? I may have actually never seen an episode of Iron Chef Japan in my life. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> this whole t- this whole time, these like, past five years, I I definitely been watching Iron Chef America. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no wonder never nothing never adds up. Well, that's a whole other bag of worms because I have a lot of opinions about that too. But <laughs> let's let's get into this episode proper. Um, um, All right. Yeah. So this episode, like I assume every episode. Starts out with uh, the chancellor, the commissioner, what we call it? Uh, the chancellor. Yeah. Um, the chancellor. Chancellor. Saying some words that I don't understand. Elise, Elise cuisine. cuisine. Yeah, Elise cuisine. It means like, go cook. Yes. I think. I believe. Yeah, I saw it means go cook, start cooking. It means one of those. I do believe that's French, is it not? Maybe. Damn it. I said chancellor. It's chairman. He's a chairman. chairman. That's that's just as good. I'm the chairman of food. I'm the chairman of cuisine. Have you been saying that wrong for all 251 episodes? I think I I just checked the records. It says yes. 
He's he's my chancellor. I'm sorry. Huh. Wow. I can't believe no one's pointed that out by now. Yeah. Uh, that's my mistake, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So for this episode, the uh, challenger's name is Mitsu Hamaza. Hazama. Hazama Mitsu? Yes. And we're just going to refer to him as the challenger. Um, he's the owner of a restaurant and he's like the third generation chef. Matt kind of already went into his backstory of having, you know, his grandfather went all around the world trying to find flavors. And then he brought them back to Japan. Yep. And it makes me extremely mm-hmm. jealous to know that there are people who can just do that because that sounds like vacation to me. And I get that like, you know, once or twice a year. That is wild. Just going out to Flavor Town and bringing stuff back. Yep. 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 He is actually the founder of Flavor Town. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah, that's what that statue's dedicated to, I guess. Well, it goes even further because, I, I mean, this dude is all about his grandfather. Uh, whenever he walks into Kitchen Stadium, there's literally a guy walking behind him <laughs> with a giant <laughs> portrait of his grandfather. Evan, you think Wait, I'm lying. Seriously? I am not lying. <laughs> <laughs> he walks very like sternly and solemnly out with a guy just holding a picture of his grandfather behind him and then they put that picture like near him as he's cooking i either want down that job the guy who carries around your dead grandpa's photos as you enter rooms or i want to hire someone to do that for me oh my god that seriously happened yes oh uh, my yeah, gosh <laughs> there's one shot where they show the picture right next to his wife <laughs> and his wife looks like so bored she does. <laughs> no. I, I mean it's it's a politely uninterested face but yes very very bored <laughs> it's so good it's so good you're gonna get so many interruptions of me going wait seriously <laughs> the show is magic i'm just saying oh. That show is the fucking best. I really regret not watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so he comes out and they introduce him and he gets to pick who his challenger is, which, oh, he gets to pick the Iron Chef that he's challenging. And yes. uh, his specialty is French food. So he challenges the Iron Chef of French food. Hiroyuki uh, Sakai. I believe I got yep, that. That sounds Perfect. good. If I didn't, I'm sorry. They did have his uh, nickname on screen at one point, and it was just Le <laughs> <laughs> I'm also kind of disappointed because Morimoto was there, who is my boy, because he comes over to uh, Iron Chef America and is the Iron Chef of Japanese food there. He's he's great, but yeah, it was it was Sakai this time. Is he the Iron Chef of Japanese food in the Japan episodes? He is. Uh, I think there's a couple of Iron Chefs Japan, but he's he's one of the more recent ones. But he's also the one I'm more familiar with. Also, also he's great. But yeah, this Iron Chef was actually pretty funny too. Like he he kept making little mm-hmm. quips and stuff. Yeah. But. So Sakai is famous for his ability in combining ingredients, and uh, famous for his use of color. And he like combined French cooking with Japanese techniques. Sounds like a winner to me. Although I don't think I know French food very well. I was trying to think of what French food I've had. And all I can think is like escargot. Baguette. Baguette. Yeah. Crepes. A croissant. Croissant. Crepes. Oh, yeah. Crepes, too. Crepes are good. The the really thin pancakes. Stroganoff. That's French. Stroganoff. Uh, We'll have to see. 
<laughs> I know that's, it's very famous cooking, and that's a lot in the of next key episode. Off of it. <laughs> yeah. That's the Stroganoff episode. <laughs> Nothing that they made in this episode, now that I think about it, really stood out as being French. What, what, what was the final dishes? Oh, no, we'll get back to that. Sorry. We'll yeah, get, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Sorry. Gotta get that's time. The, that's the suspense. The special ingredient for today is duck. Come on. And the reason that they chose that is because hunting was popular 50 years ago in Tokyo. And that's when the challenger's grandfather lived in Tokyo. So, yeah. So they just assumed he hunted, which turns out he did. (laughs) And, yeah, that's why they picked a game bird. Yep. Uh, That's... That is a wild assumption. Hang on, hang on. That's like saying, "Oh, your granddad was was in the was alive in the '60s, so we just got heavy amounts of cultural appropriation in your dish." Like what? Yeah. Hey, yep. here's a thing that existed then. Hey, does he like Austin Powers? He was alive in the '90s. I don't know, man. This whole episode just revolved around that grandfather. Mm-hmm. I That's, think it's it's like his grandfather's ghost came over and took over the episode for a hot minute. Well, what's weird is that uh, the uh, picture of the grandfather did start floating and flying around. Did uh, it? Later no on. one really acknowledged so. it either, which was even weirder. Hmm. Okay, I, I, I do believe that because I've, I've heard about the, the Japanese cuisine ghosts that uh, haunt Iron Chef's uh, backstage. I've just never heard of them being in the forefront during an episode. Yeah. It's a this, real this problem. The, the first time in the, in the last five years we've ever seen it actually happen. Yeah. So I have a question for each of you. Including Daniel K. Daniel K. You have to answer this question via email, text. Please. No, I was going to say text, but I don't have your phone number. So um, tweet. Sure. You can text me, Dan. Um, yeah, that's going to probably be expensive, but <laughs> it's going to be real expensive. It'll be yeah, like don't $13. do it. It's not worth it. Evan's not that great <laughs> we'll, to talk we'll to. We'll the bill. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm real bad. <laughs> so have you ever eaten duck? I've never eaten duck. So I was trying to think of what duck I've actually had, and I've had duck fat fries. Yes. I have had duck fat fries as well. I'm trying to think of where I got them. I have no idea where I got them. Um, oh, uh, there's a burgers place here in Huntington called The Peddler, and they have duck fat fries. Okay, I was going to say there's uh, a pizza the place I went to in like Maryland, D.C. area that has, I can't think of the name of it, but they like cook their fries and stuff in duck fat. I want to say there's uh, we have a hibachi restaurant here called Taste of Asia that... Uh, I want to say I've actually had um, like fried duck or um, Mm. they made a duck. I know I tried and it was actually really good. I don't remember how it was prepared at all. I would fail as a judge. Well, I mean, you know more than we do now since we've never had actual duck. So when they announce that duck is what they're going to be eating, the saddest table of ducks just comes (laughs) up like out of the floor. And it's just these ducks with their like... They're like mallard ducks with like green heads and their heads are on. And yep. <laughs> yeah, it's just this table of like 20 ducks, dead, naked, defeathered. So but they have their cute little green heads. Oh. Because you know by now, after 250 episodes, they do a dramatic reveal. They say, and the secret ingredient is this. And they say duck. And they usually always like start out with a wide angle and like zoom in on the ingredient. And so this time, the little shroud lifts and it just zooms in on these dead ducks with their like heads laying on the dead body of the duck next to them just uh it was they looked kind of cute because they were ducks but they were also dead uh, and then they go on to tell us more about these dead ducks 
They're like, yes, they're I wild know. ducks from France, and there's ten of them are gutted, <laughs> ten of them are ungutted. They're all males. Um, yep. Yeah, and in Japan they call them blue hens. How did you feel about the after credit scene where they just show like uh, the one guy in the back just snapping their necks and putting them on the table? <laughs> It, for like they're at the extent of the credits. We actually talk later about how the ducks are killed. Yep. Oh, they did it. <laughs> no, no, no. They do. <laughs> you think we're joking, but we're not. <laughs> oh, no. What did they do? Um, so the ducks' Go necks ahead, are ahead. snapped, and like oh. they like they snap the necks, and then they like keep all the blood inside the ducks, so that restaurants can grind their bones. And like use the marrow, no! and they can use the blood to cook, and they do use the blood to cook. And there's a lot of blood in this episode. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. I think oh, they say they actually choke them. Yes, they like do. They snap their necks, and then Sorry. they just actually oh, choke no! them to keep the blood in there. No! no! I've heard of Peking duck. I haven't heard of choke duck. No! Yeah, man, it's brutal. This duck, when killed, it was choked without removing the blood. And he's not lying about the blood either. Uh, that's the next thing oh. I was going to talk about is that they, uh, well, uh, this is the most that, metal stuff. I guess it is iron, which is a metal, but still. <laughs> yeah. So there's, you know how you ever get like Gatorade from on the field and it's like this big jug and yeah. you like push a little spout at the bottom and you get some Gatorade out. Yeah. Imagine that, but it's like silver and ornate and there's a big, uh, handle on top a spinning handle on top okay so it just the camera sort of like cuts over to it and they're like oh i'm like oh they're gonna make like juice or something what is this and he's like what is this and it's like oh uh they put the duck bones inside this gatorade silver jug thing and then they spin the top and it crushes the duck bones and they like out the spigot comes like this blood and marrow and everything like that. And it just uh, zooms in on the spigot with the blood just sort of like oozing out of it. Hey, oh, here you go. Oh. coming out. <laughs> I'm so hard trying to stifle my laughter and I am dying Did you over just say, here. I'm so You're, hard. Uh, no, I said I'm trying to stifle my laughter so hard. Because I thought you were saying that like. The thought of these like ducks being ground up into blood. Oh yeah, was just getting you there. Oh yeah, <laughs> get me. Tell me further, Matt. <laughs> I don't know. Tell man. me that like, those ducks have been bad boys. I don't know. God. I'm pretty oh. removed from the preparation of my food, but uh, that was that was that was brutal as fuck. That is the most metal. I, thing. I'm actually vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> So how was this episode? It was very brutal. <laughs> Where like, they were basically uh, just... Yeah, yeah, there's some other stuff we'll get into later. But yeah, it was a weird choice for them to be like, hey, Daniel K., it's your birthday. We're going to make <laughs> you these fantastic duck dishes, even though you yourself are vegetarian, and we need you to judge them. So... Yeah, it. they kept putting emphasis. Like, I do remember the camera repeatedly going back to the ducks. Like, yes. there would just be a shot where, like, the guy would go to talk to his wife, and instead of following home over there, you get the audio, but the camera pans back to the ducks <laughs> and slowly zooms in on, the on like, one of them's eyes, so you just see, like, the crowd reflected in its dead eyes. Yeah. I, that was a weird well, choice, the good thing is, like, it kind of lessens it, is this was filmed in, like, 1998, and then put on a VHS, and then like stored somewhere and then someone put it on youtube so like you can't really see the eyes that great yeah yeah you can tell it you can see the yeah. anguish though that yeah. that comes through but yeah yeah 
How did, how, what did you guys think about that shot where they went into the crowd and there was just like one duck constantly sobbing? <laughs> I mean, I get it. <laughs> I'm glad he was there. <laughs> it's perspective. But um, what did I want to say? Let's see. Oh, uh, yeah. So before they actually like they they grab their ducks and they run back to their podium or their you know, kitchen stations and stuff and start preparing things. But what the um, challenger does before he even starts cooking anything is that he pulls out this like whiteboard and just starts writing down the menu and then starts putting these stickers of like various places on it, like Italy, um, I don't know, France, other stuff. And I thought that was really interesting because in our past episodes, usually the challenger and the um, iron chef are very coy about what they're going to be making because they want to sort of have a tactical advantage of the other person. Not, not really sure what they're doing. So you can, you know, do it to counter it, but no, this motherfucker has a picture of his grandfather and he's setting out in stone what he's doing at the very beginning. And I thought that needed to be noted that That he's just, it's a bold choice. Plopping his dick down on the table and says, very bold, very bold. But, uh, we forgot to mention on top of being a, um, a chef, his grandfather was also an artist. So his grandfather apparently made these stamps that he's decorating it with. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, so okay. wherever those were from, like he like that's his inspiration for the mill, essentially. Okay. I-, I thought you were just implying that his grandfather worked really hard to make good boy point stickers. Well, I mean, they were pretty good and <laughs> they were worth a lot of points. GPPs. <laughs> <laughs> Got to consume the GBPs. Um, so we skip the part where we introduce who the guest judges are. It's very important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it the is. first one we get to see is Mazuma Akata, who is an actor, but he's he's introduced as an actor. But I looked into him, and he's a lot more than just an actor. Um, oh, sorry, adjusting my microphone because it got really quiet. Why is it so quiet? Yeah, it got oh, really quiet. Test, test. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes. I can hear you. I'm definitely keeping this in. It's, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, he's more than just an actor. Now it's really loud. What the fuck? Um, so he's more than just an actor. He's a professional actor, a singer, stand-up comedian, and film producer. He was born in Nice, France. I'm sure it's not pronounced nice, but that's how I'm saying it. And um, some of the films he was known for are Crazed fruit a tell of sorrow and sadness and getting any um your microphone just slowly got louder than anything in the entire universe really? as you said that really sad stuff i don't know what it's doing <laughs> yeah. this is this is a wonderful thing for me to experience right now i'm just gonna say that how bad is it <laughs> it's so loud <laughs> You sound okay to me, I think. I don't know. Matt is like a normal cal- calm volume. He he's pretty he's pretty good. He's pretty good. You went from like I think there's a mouse in my room to I am taking over the universe. And I was just like, okay, all right, are you good? That's weird. I don't know what's going on. Now I'm showing like really quiet again. This is I yeah. You're about normal. Okay, anyways, I'm just gonna run with this. But anyway, so uh, to describe this guy, I would say he has like a Burt's a Burt Reynolds mustache. Like, would you agree, Evan? Yes. 
And he had a Moltar tattoo on his neck. Yeah. Totally. That's <laughs> uh, a good choice. And uh, the voice they chose for him was very interesting. Like it, like the dubbed voice, not like he was genetically engineered and they were just like, have this voice. <laughs> this one's totally fitting for you. But yeah, it was just like the whitest person you can imagine. And that's him. Well, there. I'm so excited today. I can't tell you how excited I am. Oh, oh yeah, no, what? Was it, was he the one who um, his dubbed voice actor was the same one that was uh, the one of the guys from uh, Maximum Elimination Challenge? No, MXC. Okay, which uh, which one was that? Was was that the woman? I don't know. I didn't know okay. there was a crossover, but it, but it makes a lot of sense because I do get MXC vibes. Well, because like on the screen it said Miyamoto something, and and the voice actor said, "Hi, I'm Ken Block" or whatever, and, <laughs> and it, it really stuck right. out to me as uh, I was like, "Oh wait, I know that guy." And then at one point, like. They just kind of panned out to the crowd, and you saw some guy in a safari outfit yell, "Get him!" <laughs> uh, which, which really, <laughs> which really just stuck out to me as like I think a bold choice. I think they were trying to, they were probably trying to advertise MXC, which, um, which was, yeah. which was really brave. I think at the time, and the people trying to uh, run across the kitchen ca- uh, counters <laughs> the entire episode really uh, strung things up for the chefs. When that one woman fell in the duck blood, I lost it. <laughs> so, uh, fun fact about Masumi Okoda is he is dead. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not fun at all. <laughs> it was 13 years ago, so I, I think it's okay to joke about. Wait, was he the one that killed all the ducks? If Maybe. so, I'm okay with he it. He definitely ate all the ducks. Yes, yes, that's right. Oh, no. Yeah. He was complicit in this yes. act of duck murder. So uh, the other guest was Kiko Satoa, who uh, is also an actress. And um, she's been in a lot of things. I think she's mainly an actress. I didn't write down anything she was in. I don't know why. I think I just spent so much time looking into the first guy that I just, <laughs> just didn't feel like it anymore. But apparently this is, I mean, not apparently, because we totally watched the other episode she was on. She's a returning guest. Yes, every... Yeah, she's been on multiple times. She was in episode 179, yeah. like we and, were talking um, about earlier. She was in actually yeah. episode 69. And yeah. Oh, nice. In that episode, nice, nice. she had to eat sardines, and it wasn't a good time for her. But um, yeah, she likes ducks and she likes wine. So that's what she's here for. Yeah, duck and wine. I say the, th- the same thing I said in episode 69, and that I don't like sardines either. So oh. yeah, I agree with her. I feel for her on that one. You said that was Coco the Gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> yes that's exactly who it was god i need to stop laughing at my own yeah, shitty I have jokes to wrap this up in 14 minutes <laughs> oh, oh jesus no. christ <laughs> isn't that late already shit just go through the synopsis i'm so sorry i did want to expound sorry i'll do this oh, real no, quick but uh, i did notice okay. that Oh, I think it'd be hilarious if we just like all of the buildup is to <laughs> what happens stop. and then just really quick. Oh, by the way, this happens. Bye. <laughs> it's always interesting to me that they used celebrity judges on uh, the Japanese Iron Chef. All the American one always had like food critics and stuff. And I was of the opinion that I liked the food critics better until very recently, whenever I realized it seems like I like the opinion of just the normal people and just, you know, people happy to be there more than I would like someone putting a critical yeah, eye to things. I get so. that. It's like people that they're just like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. Not people overanalyzing why they're enjoying it. Right. 
Also, I think it might be a cultural thing because I see like they have celebrities in a lot of different shows just around. So I wonder if it's just something that happens in game shows, which I mean, I guess we have celebrities in game shows all the time. So what am I even talking about? I don't know. Continue. (laughs) Uh, So the Iron Chef plans to roast his duck and he does not plan to use the legs, but he will use the innards. And they use the in- they use the word innards a lot. I asked the Iron Chef his secret to cooking the innards of this bird, and he said to just lightly marinate and braise them. That's the best of enjoying the unique flavor of the heart, liver, and gizzards. Good method for the innards of almost all birds. So many times. Innards and gizzards. Just they everywhere. Have, they ha- now, did you all... The video I watched had an innards counter on the bottom for every time they said the word innards. Uh, and I think they finally got up to 420. How did you feel about that? Mine didn't have the counter, but I kept my own count. And yeah. yes, 420 is an accurate number. Okay. Okay, good. Blaze it. Yeah. That sounds good. Did Wait, did he blaze the duck? He did. Did he blaze it? Oh, did you say glaze or blaze? <laughs> <laughs> because he... I did say I did say blaze. I did say blaze. Oh, okay. He did not blaze the duck. <laughs> 420 blaze it. But he did glaze the duck uh, with honey. I do like 420 <laughs> glaze it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so glaze so duck. So the challenger is going to make a duck stew. But yeah, he, he's going to, but we didn't finish the episode, so we're not sure oh, if no, he did. Oh, no, he did. He stewed that duck good. <laughs> In its own blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we just going to make it up now? Or <laughs> oh, 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 oh. No, no. I That soup sticks out to me because he put those freaking duck legs and duck feet yeah. into it. And whenever they finally give it to the judges, he puts those like gnarled up duck feet onto the plate or into the little bowl to give them. And it shows one guy like sort of like lifting it up to his mouth and eating it. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? Guys, I don't believe a freaking word you're (laughs) saying right now. None of this is real. They did not have dead ducks on screen. I don't believe you. you. The duck legs because they loved eating the duck duck legs. They were like, they don't really add much flavor to the soup, but you know, it adds to the conversation more so than the taste the feet, it adds to the conversation as you're dining. It's like, hey, duck feet. <laughs> I am convinced that this is all a prank. No, there is no way that they did this. So, yeah, if we're not going to break down every single thing in this episode, I feel like we needed to talk about every part of the duck and what they did with the duck because they used and abused these ducks. <laughs> You are saying the word duck too many times right now. I am convinced that you both said we should just pretend like it was duck and go on up after that point. This is insane. His grandpa's picture and duck. What? Generations of cooking know-how at his disposal for duck sausage. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So um, the challenger, part of his stew, he's like stewing faux gras. However you say the, you know, mm-hmm. the duck, the fagwa. Fragwa. Fa- yeah, fagwa. The duck that they fragwa. force feed and then, you know, they force feed it to make its liver 10 yeah. times the size that it's supposed to be. And they just keep feeding it until it makes its abdomen collapse. And then it just dies. Um, yeah. So he's making one of those livers and uh, he turns it into a stew. I think he cooks yep. that one in wine. That was a big part they talked about 
There was one in wine, and there's another one in like hazelnut yes. oil. And it was just the regular duck yeah. meat that he put in the hazelnut oil, but both had to be cooked for 15 to 20 minutes at 50 degrees Celsius. It was a yep. big challenge. Um, a big show about this. The Iron Chef was making fun of him for using temperature, for using like measuring the temperatures, thermostats. Those are those things. Yes. Thermometers. Thermostats. Thermometers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one on the wall. He was he was warm, so I had to cool it down a little bit. Oh, I did want to point out that at fifteen forty there was a pressure cooker spotted, and you know our tradition, we gotta take a shot whenever we see a pressure cooker. So, oh, oh hang on. Let me uh, get my glass up. Yeah. Hang on, let me just up. <sighs> Burns every time. And that was really only the only one. I guess they get more into pressure cookers as yeah. time goes on. Um, didn't, so, what did they put into that pressure cooker? Do you remember? Oh, that was the legs. They didn't really they say. Did say. Yeah, they okay, put some they parsley, some onions, duck legs, and of course, water. Of course. Yes. Of um, course. And at that point, one of the commentators says, by duck legs, you mean the webbed feet? <laughs> and it turns <laughs> yes. out, yes. Those are what yes, it does. duck legs are. What do you know? And then uh, the Iron Chef was like, what? Those are edible? <laughs> uh, you and me both, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what's the Iron Chef getting up to at this point, Matt? You gonna break that shit down? Uh, he was he was mainly working. Um, I, I just wrote down what they eventually made. I didn't really write down how they were doing it. But uh, let's see, what do I have written down? Nothing. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was he was making more traditional dishes. I think. Um, if we're not going to talk about every, every, uh, every single step, we have to talk about the Chernobyl wine. <laughs> yes. Okay. The what? No, you are Picture lying. Picture this, Evan. No, 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 no. Bullshit. You guys are pranking me. This is a prank. It's not even Dan's birthday. What the hell? So the challenger whips out his meat. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of yeah. course. So he pulls his duck meat out of the... Uh, Knocking yeah. over pots and pans. It's everywhere. <laughs> he, he whips that meat right out and slaps it yeah. on the countertop. And he gives it a nice rub. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and he's while he's got his meat out, he's also making the sauce. And he's using wine. And one of the commentators just notes, he's like, notice that wine's from 1985. Turns out later on, he finds out that it's actually from 1983. Um, so... Can we really trust this guy? But uh, he's like, so this wine was produced in an area heavily affected by the fallout of Chernobyl. So you got to make sure you want to make sure you get pre-Chernobyl wine. That's an actual quote from the episode. What? You are you are fucking kidding me. Nope. You want to make good. sure you get pre-Chernobyl wine. Right? <laughs> okay. so good job. Yes. Yeah, apparently the wine coming in from areas where the wind blew from Chernobyl do not taste good. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I that's would another quote so. from the show. They just gave you plus with which one I, bread. Kyoko Sachito responds, "Interesting." Like she had to think about the fact that <laughs> Chernobyl wine's not going to be good. And he says, "Unfortunately, the wine coming from areas where the wind blew from Chernobyl does not taste good." <laughs> interesting <laughs> i thought that was hilarious whenever they brought it up because they spent a good like couple minutes just sort of discussing that this wine needs to not be nuclear yeah <laughs> I, like, radioactive. I laughed what out you... loud at that part because i was just like not expecting that at all 
What did you think about uh, the 15 minute flashback of the events of Chernobyl when they just they just took the History Channel special and slapped it in there? I thought it was very tasteful. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I, I was weirded out about the part where they were squeezing the uh, radioactive dogs. But aside from that, it was it was. Well, I mean, good. they were just trying to get every well, little bit get of the blood out. out of them for the wine. That's how yeah. wine's made. So yeah. yeah, Chernobyl blood wine. We all know. Mm-hmm. Quit rubbing it our noses in, it, Tyler. in the in the skin. Yep. In in, in the glands. The glands. Yes. yes. Um, that you have to squeeze. Yeah. So then the Iron Chef goes on to saute some hearts, gizzards, and livers, and then we've got the dishes. Where, where Matt's got some notes. Did, did, were were they clean? Were they clean? Yes. So the challenger, uh, his dishes turn out to be uh, duck and fagua tatar, an oiled stewed duck. Um, he makes duck stew, Chinese flavor, which is, and that's the one with the duck feet, just sort of sitting in that bowl. Yep. And it's also got duck sausage, which he made by grinding up duck necks. Yep. Specifically duck yeah. necks. Yeah. It's. Uh, you can tell uh, whenever they're eating it, like they like it and they compliment it for what it is, but they're sort of, they're way outside their comfort zone as, as are we all. Yeah. But, Those duck uh, feet yeah. look really yeah. sad. They're like shriveled up. And um, I remember, I think it was the food critic. She's like, when you bite into it, it's like very gelatinous. So I feel like it's healthy. It's like I'm eating something healthy. And Ugh. then she was like, maybe my skin will be real smooth tomorrow. So what? Yep. Yeah. Um, I also actually have a note on the plates as well yes. right here. It mm-hmm. says that they were white and that they put food on them and that the plates did a very good job. None of them really broke or anything like that. You know what? You're yeah. right. It's, it's, it's hard for a plate to do its job and they did it, uh, very well. So, yeah, I, I think they might've been porcelain. I wasn't, I wasn't exactly sure of the material. They might, they could have been ceramic. Um, but uh, once again, you know, 1998 footage, it's all grainy and yeah. full of radiation. What do you think so about just... the uh, plates that he had the dessert on? They were like shaped like an artist palette. Yeah. The, oh, the ones you can actually put yes. your thumb through? Exactly. Uh, seriously, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think I think those are pretty good plates. Um, the fact that they hired Bob Ross to come in and hold it while everybody ate off of his paint palette was interesting choice, but I think it was Especially good Especially since Bob Ross was dead by this point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That the revived Bob Ross. Um, it, it was his so last painting. He made. It, it, his his. Listen, I don't want to go into much detail about it, Tyler. But I, I don't know if the joke came across. His name is his last name starts with an L. Okay, that's that's all. I just I just wanted to get that across to you. Can you can you not right now? Can you not with this, Tyler? Not this time. Sure. Just the painter Bob <laughs> lost, but you know. Uh, so. God, this is terrible. Yeah. So the uh, <laughs> every joke that comes out of my mouth is bad. Why do you? Why did you let me on? Here? We're gonna fix it in post, Evan. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Good, good. Make me seem like fifty percent less racist tonight. <laughs> uh, he also had uh, duck meat, three flavors, which was the one with the duck blood and all kinds. Yeah, had the hip bone meat, there. which did... is like a rare treat. Hip bone meat. Um, the inners. Yep. In the wrapping or flavor, they he had like uh, spring rolls, and you know it's like the innards of the duck in a blood sauce. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, I was w- actually going to wonder if they made like a duck blood sausage at all. I think, yeah. I mean, they used basically all those ingredients, so I can, I can. Yeah. See Do you think he wasted any of the duck? Like, was there duck left when he got done, or you think he used all the duck? Like he threw away like the duck breast and like. 
the bill, the, the meaty parts. He just ground up the bones and <laughs> the hips and necks. Uh, turns yeah, out he's yeah, not was, really a chef. It was nuts. His granddad was just. But a they chef, liked it. So. It's more like his granddad hunted duck, but never cooked it. I mean, they they made notes on the technical aspect was very good, and he brought a bunch of different varieties on how to prepare the duck. But we'll get into the Iron Chef's stuff. Well, now. you forgot about his duck dessert. Uh, oh. So yes. he made these like uh, balls right. that he put like I don't even know what it was made out of because I think duck was in the filling of it. I want to say it was like a jello of some sort. It looks kind of like a jello with gold oh, yeah, flakes. He put in gold it. flakes in it for some reason. Like, cause, uh-huh. mm, I don't know. But. Uh, because oh. I'll, I'll tell you why. And it's because they don't have to pay for their ingredients. <laughs> so they, they get like, they, they don't know what's it. coming, but they get sort of like an idea about, or like a couple of different uh, ingredients that it may be. So they can get sort of an idea of what they're going to be making. And they can, re- they can request all the different ingredients that they need. So this motherfucker was like, I ain't paying for this shit. I'm going to get gold flakes and just put it wherever I can. So he put it inside the uh, dessert. Yep. Yep. So he put a carrot in there to like hollow out the hole, but then he took the carrot out and then he put like the sweet bean paste mixed with duck meat into it. So yeah, meaty desserts. I would eat that. Now we've said he a lot. Is this the challenger or the challenger? I mean, they're both chefs. Okay. But. Right. Well, this is for the people that had that didn't watch the right. episode, just yeah, so they know. Um, so yeah, the Iron Chef. We're going to talk about his plates now. His first was uh, sautéed innards with Toto. That is what they called it. Sautéed innards. That sounds delicious. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yep. But apparently, it was really good. Yeah. They liked it. The creamy potatoes, the heart, and liver—they all match so perfectly. It actually looked pretty good to me. Like all of his, like I was sort of drooling over Iron Chef's stuff. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. So I really, I don't, I don't really remember what his looked like, but I remember um, the challenger's like first meal, his like stewed duck. It looked really gross. It looked like tuna. Um, it looked like uh-huh. a tuna salad type thing, but he had put it in like a mold. So it was like a circle. Yeah, that's tartar. Mm-hmm. It's like raw meat chopped up. It was stewed. It just looked gross. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Iron Chef's second dish was the duck and turnip soup, which, uh, some of the judges said was really more of like, it was like turnip was the theme, not duck. So what do you think about that one, Evan? I thought it was weird when he started using the hammer and he broke his own hand. Who? Who, when you say he? Uh, the, the Iron Chef. Um, because it, it proves to me two things. Um. One that you can, in fact, use hammers when preparing a duck tartare, a duck tartare, and two, it proves to me that he wasn't actually made of iron since his hand broke so so easily. Yeah. So. Which you need to be reminded every now and then that that's that's the case. Well, yeah, but I mean, they call the show Iron Chef, and and I mean, they're all made of flesh. Like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it, guys. We've been doing this for five years, and I don't get it. I don't know why they're called Iron Chef. Like, what, like, do they cook clothing that has just been freshly pressed? Like, I, 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 I feel like I'm taking points. crazy pills. Like, why is it called Iron Chef? 
you know what? Let's shut this podcast down. I don't have any good answers for this. We've been doing this I, for five years. I'm and so this sorry. Is, why are you just bringing this up now? I, I just, I, we, I, it's, it's been five years. This is the Daniel K. birthday special that they were making. You're just trying in, to in ruin which he had to judge. Daniel. Like, he's made it this no, far I'm into the not, episode. I'm not. Making this all about you. Once I'm not. Again. It's, it's just, I just, you gotta get Evan, it right. You show like, up two hours late to the recording. I, and then you're like, let's just fuck the whole show. Let's just be like, this is, what no, is no. Iron Chef? This should be more like Shit Chef. <laughs> It should be blood, chef. Well, wait, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, guys, guys. Yeah, they did use over three hundred gallons of blood, right? <laughs> At least most of a duck. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's the Some main of ingredient the of blood but iron? Oh, oh, oh my God! I'm so dumb. Uh, I can't believe ooh. that for a split second I questioned the the loyalty and the, and the mentality of Iron Chef. But you know it's what? We're better blood. off for it. So we all learned. We've yeah, all grown. I forgive you. Thank you. So the third dish. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh me! Uh, it was braised duck and cabbage. It was. Uh, it looked great. Braised duck and cabbage, and this is was That's this the dough. one? Yeah, this is the one. He cooked it in a pot, and he put like dough on top, so it was like this big. Uh, duck pot pie. Yeah, no, it was really cool amazing. how you put like the dough around like the seams of the pot to like help keep all the like steam and flavor inside, and then also you get delicious bread. So yeah, yeah, and it pretty much blew their faces off. They were all super impressed. He did such a great job. Yeah, um, I think it was the roasted pears yeah. he had in there. They said it really heightened the flavor of the meat. Yeah. And the uh, the flour that they used came from the ground duck feathers, so they really used every mm-hmm. part of the duck in that one. Yeah, really makes you makes you appreciate the steps yeah. they go through. Ducks, the steps ducks yeah. go through. Yeah, ducks. <clears throat> yeah, um, I think <laughs> by this feet. part, like the duck in the crowd just became like started crying tears of like. Like, wow, this is so beautiful, you know what I mean? Like, It was just... really annoying, though, because it was Guilford uh, for Godfrey. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and yeah. you can, they had him mic'd, too. What did he sound like, Evan? And so, whenever he started flying around with the grandfather's uh, painting just above everybody's <laughs> head, it was just a giant it, smorgasbord. It was honestly t- tasteless at that point, but, yeah. well, I mean... That is yeah. what it is, I guess. You know, maybe, maybe the guy, maybe the challenger's grandfather shot that duck's grandfather. I, I how, how can when we? You possibly say challenger. Know? I mean, Are you referring to the rocket ship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know the challenger exactly. explosion when it went through the ducks. another tragedy in 1986. <laughs> it was it, honestly, I, it was a yeah. shame. <laughs> So his fourth dish, um, <laughs> yeah, fourth dish. that was duck and mushroom sautéed with lemon sorbet. I don't think yeah. I could eat that much, honestly. Well, it had point. a really nice garnish of duck gizzards and skin. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> On top of the yeah. lemon sorbet, yeah. And they didn't specify it was duck skin or not, so there's no way to know. Um, mm. Yeah. How did you feel about them serving the live duck eggs in that one? I mean, I didn't feel anything at that point. Oh, okay. Just numb to it. Yeah, that's fair. So now comes the part of the episode, our episode, where we uh, actually try all the dishes that the chefs prepared. 
Yeah, uh, we I've made them all ourselves. Here. Let me yeah. just set up real quick. I've I've got mine sitting out right here. Yeah. You you guys ready? Yeah, we just go ahead and eat them and rate them. So let's eat all of the food right now. Okay, let's just all of it at once. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Man, that was some oh. good food, guys. Mm. Oh wow, so, that went down real smooth. Um, yeah, they say that like cooked duck smells, but it didn't smell. Yeah, I Strange. can't smell anything actually. Now that I think about it, <laughs> you should get that checked. That's not normal. Uh, well, no, th- remember this happened in episode one seventy nine. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. We've Sorry. been doing this for five I, years. A lot of things happen in episode one seventy nine. Listen, episode one seventy nine. We don't talk about episode 179 anymore, but... Except this entire episode. (laughs) (laughs) We reference it this entire... This is the only episode where we reference episode 179. And Dan and everybody who's listening knows why. Yeah, and if you don't know why, it's out there. Go listen to it. It, Well, yeah, but we... I mean, we can't reference it, obviously. But, you know... I had a really great pun written in here that would have been, like, good for, you know, like, ten minutes ago. But, um... Oh well, well, yeah. So uh, the challenger's fourth dish, it should have been called a duck cert instead of a dessert. <laughs> yes, it should have yeah. been. Yeah, that's. I like that. That would have pushed him over the top. Uh, not to tip our hand. Yeah, too much, because but... um, we don't decide whose mill won. Like that's up to Daniel K. Because this is the special Daniel K. episode of Iron Chef Japan, yep. filmed in 1998 when Daniel was eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they had him on as the get special third guest well, judge, they made this episode in preparation for his twenty ninth birthday. Guys, yeah. I don't think we watched the same episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a sneaking suspicion that maybe uh, I think you guys may be messed up. <laughs> well, whatever the case is, and uh, it was a good episode. Yeah. I like the uh, the tribute at the end that showed uh, uh, like screenshots of Dan. It was like a uh, mm-hmm. it was like a little PowerPoint presentation that kind of like went on. Uh, it said in memoriam, and it had all these pictures of Dan with like signs that said thirty fifth birthday, and like and then it would show pictures of like this weird big truck. That, that was yeah. I think that was weird, but it was neat. It was also weird that they sort of used nineteen ninety eight technology to age his baby face. Yeah. To what it would look like nowadays. Yeah. And I say it's yeah. pretty spot on. No, it, it, it definitely was. Uh, and there was like this uh, really tall kid in the background and I think another one too, but it was, it was whatever. Uh, it was really cool. I, I thought, I thought it was just really interesting. Well, I, I, yeah. is that it? I think that's another episode of the books. Like we'll see you guys in episode 253. Um, Wait, guys, 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 don't, you're forgetting the most important part of our show. Was this a good episode of Iron Chef or not? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, uh, I give it one Iron Chef. Oh, wow, I, I. Well, this is that's the highest honor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, I remember in Japan things are kind of backwards, so the sound that sounds bad is actually yeah, a good yeah. sound. Right. I mean, I thought with all the blood, like this is definitely the bloodiest episode of Iron Chef, and as an American, I <laughs> love the sight of blood. Like, just <laughs> get it in me. Um, yeah, I, I, I give it get one Iron Chef as well. <laughs> so what do you what do you think evan um i think that the uh excessive use of space ghost quotes was really fan servicey yeah um but it was the 98 f- though Is it, the, the mean, food tasted really good um 
especially since, I mean, we've had these dishes sitting around since, uh, what, what was it, 1998? Um, so, I mean... Held up the, it, well. The food held up pretty well. I, I, how much, did you guys blow the dust off of yours first? Yeah, no. that's, that's part of okay, it. Okay, good. I, I think the... I think the dust almost added to it. So I'm going to say I give this episode uh, one and a half Iron Chefs. That's an awful <laughs> rating. Well, there you have it, audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been uh, Tales from Flavortown. Thank you very much for uh, joining us on this uh, this 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 journey. And uh, we'll see you next yeah, week. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. And... Um... There are cats trying to break into the room, so we'll see you later. <laughs> Can we also Bye say guys. happy birthday, Dan? Yeah, should we oh, sing yeah. it? Uh, very happy birthday, Dan. No. Uh, only so long as all three of us use different songs. <laughs> I don't think it'll work with our delay. I think it'll be fine. That's so fair. We'll That's probably it's... fair. Happy birthday, Daniel birthday. What a day for birthday, Happy birthday to you. Like those dogs. And there's more on Channel 4. Happy birthday, Daniel. I think that was beautiful. I really like the part where my mic just randomly peaked. That's so good. I'm just waiting for like you to go back to my audio, and it's just it's just audio of my phone sliding around on my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> All you hear is just like belly slapping. I've been told that mallard meat has some unpleasant smell. Many say that, but I don't feel that in this dish. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Podcasters Assemble! Podcasters Assemble Season 2 is a hype slash rewatch podcast that's reviewing every movie in the Star Wars Skywalker saga and a countdown to the release of Episode 9. As with Season 1, where we covered all of the films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we want to hear from you about your favorite things in the Star Wars films. You can submit audio for just one of the movies in the Skywalker Saga, or you can send in an audio file for every single one. Talk about what you love about the film. Your favorite, like, light side moment versus dark side moment. Or your favorite music cue. Your favorite quote. Or your favorite ship or vehicle in the movie. If you go to probablywork.com and look for Podcasters Assemble, you'll find these instructions as well as a link on where to go to submit your audio. In order to make sure we have time to edit everything, we're looking for you to submit your audio a couple days before. So the deadline for the first episode is going to be October 20th, and then it's weekly after that. So for episode two, it's October 27th, and so on from there. Again, you can find the schedule and all of this information at probablywork.com. Whether you're a podcaster, a YouTuber, a streamer, or just a fan of Star Wars, we want to hear from you. So head to probablywork.com or look up at Casters Assemble on Twitter and share your thoughts about Star Wars.